Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to the After 40 Podcast with Dr. Deborah Heiser. Whether you're seeking inspiration, guidance, or a fresh perspective on the rich possibilities life offers after 40, this podcast is your go-to source. Welcome to After 40. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. I hope you'll take a look at our previous episodes and leave a comment. Uh, Let us know what you think about those. And if you've been here all along, I'm so glad you're here. We're gonna be talking about generativity. What is generativity and why is it so important in midlife? This is a topic I really enjoy talking about because it really captures midlife the whole essence of our midlife and what we are looking to get out of life in our midlife. So generativity is really all about leaving your mark on the world and how important that can be for us. In midlife, we're really looking to go beyond all the boxes that we've checked all throughout our lives. And we're looking to make meaning of those sorts of things and see how we matter in the world. So if you think about all the times that you've been checking boxes, go to college or get a job or find a significant other, maybe you have children, get a career that you like, make the advances that you want, make the money that you'd like, anything at all that falls into those boxes that we've been conditioned to try to check over the years are things that once we hit midlife, we say, okay, wait a second. I don't know if there are more boxes for me to check. And I don't know if I want to keep checking boxes because have they really mattered so much? Generativity is that it's, this is the time that generativity kicks in and generativity really allows us to feel personal fulfillment and to feel like we're leaving a legacy. So let me back it up a little bit and tell you where generativity came from, where this term came from, and how it came about. Eric Erickson, a a developmental psychologist uh, who looked at the lifespan, posited the theory that in midlife, we have a desire to give back and to care for others without expecting anything in return. And in all of his research that he did, he looked at how we process our lives through the lifespan, looking at it from an emotional trajectory. So I've talked in the past about how we have looked at life from a physical trajectory, where we know that we have a steep incline and then a steady decline over time. And Erickson's theory is the emotional trajectory that starts at birth and it goes up all the way through the lifespan. It doesn't decline. And in midlife is the point where we're starting to see some of the decline. This is where we need our reading glasses and things like that. Um, And we're still doing okay, but we start to see some of the little bits of decline. We're not running as fast as we used to or doing things like that, but we're emotionally hitting our stride. We're doing great. 
we're feeling better. This is a time when we're really feeling happy. Um, research shows that we're often happier when we're older than when we are when we're younger. So I tell my students, hey, I'm in my 50s and I'm happy. Uh, I don't mind that I can't run so fast. Um, generativity is the time, uh, is a point in our lives when Erickson says we've hit a point where we are um, experts in areas that we have already accumulated a lot of um, understanding in who we are and how we can do things. And we really have said to ourselves, okay, I've done a lot. Let me sort of sit back and look, what am I going to do with all these uh, riches that I have um, accumulated in my life? And, you know, when some people ask me, well, hey, I'm not a lawyer or a doctor, I must not have expertise. Expertise can be anything. I've talked to four-star generals to grandmas, and everyone has an expertise in something. Everyone has accumulated um, a wealth of wisdom and information. Um, this is how religion gets passed on through the centuries, is by um, the important things that we value, the skills that we have, um, the meaning in our lives, we pass it along to others. It's the way that we say, okay, all of this that I accumulated is worthy of being passed on and I want to pass it on to somebody. So generativity, if you're going to sum it up into something kind of small, is caring for others without expecting anything in return. We do this with our children. We do this with people in our lives who matter to us. We um, don't always say, hey, I did something for you. Now you do something for me. We often do things because we want to. We're intrinsically motivated to do this. Um, and the ways that we engage in generativity, the ways that we give back to others is through volunteering, mentoring, and philanthropy. So all three of those are ways that we do this. And the think about it in these terms. We really think that these, you know, everyone can think, oh, yeah, I've volunteered before. Or I might mentor someone or philanthropy is a great idea. But the way that you can see that it really matters to us is if you, say, went to a soup kitchen to give out food to people, you'd feel good, right? It'd make you feel like I just did something that mattered. People don't ask for money to do that. Um, if you volunteered for things, you do it because you really want to. You feel like you are doing something, taking your values and giving them to someone else, doing something purposeful and meaningful. Well, what's the difference if you went to, say, Starbucks? There are a lot of hungry people. They're online looking to get food and beverages. Would you do that for free, just like you did on a soup kitchen? And when I ask my students this, they say, no, that's ridiculous. I would never do that. So there's a different feeling that we get when we're engaged in something generative than we do when we're engaged in something where we're getting paid or we're expecting something extrinsic from it. I'm doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because this is my job. I need to do it versus I'm doing this because I chose to do this. This is part of me and I want to give back. So Dan McAdams is someone who really has researched this. I call him the demigod of generativity. And I had the pleasure of um, speaking with him a couple of times. And 
in the show notes, I'll share the video that I um, was able to get of him describing generativity after having worked for really probably decades on studying generativity. But he really um, talked about how generativity isn't necessarily being altruistic or selfless because we get a lot out of it. It isn't that we're saying I'm going to do this and it's sort of me giving away and I don't get much from it. It's not quite that way. Um, people are um, who do more outward activities like who are involved in their communities who are involved in their children's schooling, who are involved in maybe even local politics or their religious institutions, things like that, they tend to be more generative. They're doing things with a purpose and with a meaning and with that has, has value for them. They tend to do and, and engage more in generative acts. Um, and it comes more naturally to them. The earlier we start in this, the more likely we are to do this when we're older very easily. So um, some people have said, well, generativity is just being nice, but it's more than that. Let me give an example of this. When I spoke with the Nobel laureate in chemistry from, I think, 2012, um, Bob Lefkowitz, he talked about a legacy tree that he made. And I wrote about this in a Psychology Today blog, so you can get more detail there if you'd like. But Bob talked about how he was so interested in learning about um, his legacy, what happened to the people that he mentored. So he made a tree like you would do with, um, you know, the, the DNA, um, Ancestry.com sorts of things where you map out your family tree. He did that with mentors. So the, there were those above him who mentored him. Um, and then those, there were those who were mentored underneath him, those who were laterally mentored. And he was able to put in there who else received Nobel laureates. Um, and the interesting thing was he published it in a peer-reviewed journal, which, you know, leave it to a Nobel laureate to publish their mentor uh, tree, their legacy tree in um, a peer-reviewed journal, but he did that and he went to a conference not long after and someone came to him and he said, hey, Bob, I am six degrees Lefkowitz. And he said, what do you mean? And he said, yeah, yeah, I've been doing this work and I am six degrees away from being mentored by you. There are five people in between us. And he started to talk about his work and Bob heard in the words of this person, his own work being taken to the next level, being pushed out into the world. And he was able to hear his own words in the in this person who was speaking, who he'd never met before, and who was five, six degrees away from him in terms of learning. So Bob said that was so emotionally valuable to him to know that his work actually didn't end with him. All of that work and energy and effort that he put into um, becoming who he was is living on in others. And he knows that it's going to go beyond that person. And that's really the essence of what generativity is. It's putting a piece of ourselves out there, whether that's the best chicken soup you make, 
whether that's religion, that's your values, that's your morals, or an expertise that you've honed, or a skill set that you have, whatever it is, it's generativity is the innate built-in desire that we have to give that back and to put that out into the world. And that gives us an enormous sense of per personal fulfillment where you can feel like, okay, I didn't just work so hard just to get to here and have nothing to show for it. Because really, um, we don't feel the fulfillment from things we have. We get the fulfillment from knowing that what we did was important or mattered in the lives of others or in the world. Um, our legacy is another thing that is so important to us. Most people want to think, well, do I have a legacy or am I leaving one? And generativity is the time and in midlife where we can say, hmm, what is the legacy I'd like to leave? Who do I want to leave it to? And how do I want to do it? And generativity is this time in our lives where we're able to figure that out and to do it. We can do it in a lot of different ways. Like I mentioned, volunteering, mentoring, philanthropy. Um, and we can do them all. We can do just one. Some people say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I can't really engage in philanthropy. Well, there are all the, always the small things that we can engage in philanthropy, a few dollars here, a few dollars there. But there's something we can all do. We can all volunteer. And that doesn't cost a dime. And mentoring doesn't cost a dime either. The one thing I love about mentoring is you're actually doing something that it comes from you and you're giving it out to someone else. It's your own passion as, as opposed to maybe volunteering, which is phenomenal, but it's maybe somebody else's passion and you're helping out. So each one has its own power and each one has its own ability to tap into our generativity and give us what we need in terms of personal fulfillment or legacy. We can even choose from each of those in a different way and say, I want to get personal fulfillment from volunteering and mentoring. And I want to have, leave a legacy through philanthropy, or we want to leave our legacy through mentoring and get a little personal fulfillment out of some ph philanthropy that we engage in, or maybe some volunteering. We can mix and match. It isn't an all or none. But Eric Erickson really tapped into the emotional aspects of what we get in midlife when he was talking about generativity. And we all know those who haven't reached this stage, it's called stat being stagnant. And that is when somebody is sort of bitter. They look back and they say, I don't really feel like I've done anything important. I don't really feel like my life mattered. We see this in films. It's a wonderful life. Um, where uh, the character finally learns that his life did matter. Um, we see this with Ebenezer Scrooge. I call reaching, I call, there's an Ebenezer effect that I talk about. And that is, um, if we look at the main character of Scrooge in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, he was miserable. He had everything though. He was a self-made man. He lived in a mansion and he had servants taking care of all of his needs, but he wasn't happy. And it wasn't until he started to give back to others that he experienced joy. And that's exactly how it works in the real life. So 
I like to picture stagnant, the person who has not reached generativity as Ebenezer, um, because you can have everything on paper and not feel fulfilled, not feel like you have a legacy um, and not feel like you've had any real personal growth. So um, generativity is the thing that affords us that feeling of living beyond ourselves because a legacy is a form of immortality. And we all want to feel like we matter, that the footprints that we put on this earth um, meant something and that they were important and, and that they're valued. So generativity is, I think, one of the most important things about midlife. And it's something that we all can get into. We can all do it. Uh, we can all engage in it. And we're all built to get engaged in generativity. So I encourage you to check some of the Psychology Today articles I've written about this. Um, this also applies to meaningful connections. Uh, we are built to want to have meaningful connections um, in the stage of generativity. You don't want to give back to others um, or care for others if you don't care for them. Meaningful connections are really um, something that matters. So I know that a few people asked some questions about, is there any real um, research or literature on meaningful connections. If you go back to generativity, that's one of the core components of it because you really do have to care for others if you're going to be um, engaging in generativity. So um, I do hope that you will start engaging in generativity because it's one of the most important things we can get in, engaged in in midlife. And I hope that you'll check the show notes for all of the links that I'll have provided. So until next time, thank you. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the After 40 podcast with Dr. Deborah Heiser, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine podcast network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSPmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.